witnesses or no, and they say no, our two senators sitting as jurors. Some judges have judged an Arkansas campaign finance law unjust. What's the impact? From Washington, a policy proposal that conservatives craved leaves some providers anxious. But first, the future of Arkansas's sole statewide newspaper on paper just once a week. Arkansas Week, next. Support for Arkansas Week provided by the Arkansas Democrat Gazette, the Arkansas Times, and KUAR-FM 89. Hello again, everyone. Thanks very much for joining us. Political fundraising to senators from Arkansas on jury duty and a green light from Washington for a Medicaid revamp. We'll get to that on the roundtable. First, a yellow light for Arkansas's statewide newspaper. The Arkansas Democrat dates to the 19th century, but in the late 20th, after a legendary newspaper war, it conquered its rival and became the Arkansas Democrat Gazette. Just around the corner, though, was an even more fearsome adversary, the Internet, changing the information and advertising landscape on a scale to rival the Gutenberg Press and Broadcasting. Beginning last Monday, the paper will be on paper only on Sunday, save for the Northwest Arkansas editions, and those also accepting Sunday will convert to digital as well by summer's end. Our predicate here is that Arkansas needs the serious journalism that is all but impossible without a serious commercial base. We begin our program with the owner and publisher of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette, Walter Hussman, Jr. Thank Sir, you. thanks very much for being with us. Thank you. And full, if repetitive, redundant disclosure, you have long been, your company has long been an underwriter of this program. So yes. we've got that out of the way. You were among the first to create a paywall uh, for Internet access to the Democrat Gazette. You are now among the very first to convert to digital six days per week. Mm -hmm. How's it going? It's going well. It's, uh, we're encouraged. Uh, it started uh, almost two years ago uh, when we started it in Bible, Arkansas, and uh, and it's uh, taken almost two years to convert subscribers in 63 of the 75 counties in Arkansas. But uh, so far, we have converted about 79% of our home delivery subscribers uh, have accepted and have done this, and. Uh, so we thought we would need to get at least 70% of our subscribers to do it to remain viable and sustainable. So, so we're encouraged by the acceptance we're getting. So you're actually, at this point anyway, exceeding expectations. Well, uh, on the acceptance rate, uh, one of the things we didn't factor in is just the natural attrition you have in circulation. You constantly have to be out selling new subscribers because people die, people move out of state. We really didn't factor that in, so we're a little bit under the total number of subscribers we projected, but the acceptance rate is higher, so that's encouraging. You have made no bones about it, Mr. Hussman, that you've been blunt. If this doesn't work, there won't be a Democrat, is it? 
Well, we don't know what another economic model would be other than this. Uh, th you know, the problem is there could be a Democrat Gazette, but it wouldn't be a, a newspaper I think most people in Arkansas would want to read. Wouldn't be a kind of a newspaper I'd really want to publish. It'd be a newspaper like they publish in Raleigh or Omaha or Nashville or so many other towns where they've drastically reduced the number of pages of news and they've drastically reduced the size of their newsroom. So I guess there are always people that will buy a paper no matter what the quality is, but that's, uh, that's, not the, that's not the journalistic tradition in Arkansas where we've had really good uh, newspapers for many, many decades. Even the harshest critics, uh, and there are some, of your uh, opinion pages, editorial policies, mm -hmm. have credited you with sealing off to the extent possible the newsroom, maintaining the, editorial, the news and editorial staff. Right. Can you continue to do that based on the success rate that you've Yes. Acceptance rate that you've done so. In fact, I think our success depends on us keeping a sharp and clear distinction between uh, news and opinion. And uh, I think that's one of the things people respect about what we try to do. And well, actually, sir, what I, I meant was that you have you've preserved the news hole and the news staff, the oh, reporting oh, staff. Oh, yeah. the size, right, right. The size of the newsroom, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we have 106 people. We've actually added a few uh, in our newsroom here in Little Rock. We've got over 60 in northwest Arkansas. So you compare that to the Denver Post has 60 people in the newsroom. New Orleans Times Picayune and Advocate has about 60. So we would have to put out uh, an inferior product to what we put out today if we cut our news staff back. And uh, so really the success of what we are doing depends on us continuing to do good journalism and it also depends on the subscribers supporting good journalism. Does it, could, as a businessman and as a journalist, does it concern you that uh, the generation coming on uses its thumbs mm. more than its right it doesn't it doesn't want to lick its fingers and read a serious newspaper or am i under overstating no i i think that's a serious concern and, and uh, the newspapers are partially at fault for how people consume news today because uh beginning in around 2000 uh, newspapers uh, and a little earlier than that actually newspapers started giving all their content away free and then the AP started selling their content to p companies like Google and Yahoo, very young companies back at the time, that gave news away free. And news kind of became a commodity. So we have a whole generation of young people who've grown up thinking, hey, news is supposed to be free. But, you know, really good news, I mean, serious news can't be free because you've got to hire reporters and editors and you've got to hire people who are professionally trained to to do fact-based reporting and keep bias and out of uh, out of their news reporting and so I think the American public though is coming around to understanding that they need to get their news from a trusted source and uh, there's so much uh, misinformation disinformation uh, intentionally uh, false Why should information. I read your paper when I can go to Facebook and get the real story? Well, you, Facebook doesn't have any reporters. So Facebook gets their news from us and sure. the New York Times, the Washington Post, et cetera. But uh, even with those papers now, you only usually get about three articles a month. If three articles a month are enough to 
you think to keep you informed, then we are in serious trouble in America. Part of the challenge also, it would seem to be, Mr. Hussman, is that why can, why can I, why need I read what would appear to you and I to be a serious objective news article when I can go to the internet and find something that pleases me on the very same subject, whether it's factual or not. Yeah. Well, because uh, people need to know facts and they need to, and if they read things that just please them, they may not be getting all the facts. And uh, they need someone to go down and cover the city council meetings. They need someone to go to the school board meetings. They need to have people cover, you know, all the government meetings. They need, they need somebody to be a watchdog on what's going on in government and business and society. And uh, you aren't going to get a watchdog function just by people who have an axe to grind or who want to just tell their side of the story. In your acceptance rate and subscription rate, have you noticed, is there a correlation between urban and rural, or what's the relationship between her? Yeah, there's a little bit of correlation there, although... You know, we were just in Harrison, have a very high accepting rate in Harrison. But typically, uh, where you have better high-speed Internet service, we have a little bit better acceptance rate. Although we found it's very interesting. I have a good friend has a farm outside of Tuckerman, Arkansas, and he had a huge net, and he was having a hard time getting reliable Internet service. And one of our people went out to his house and found out that he was using an AT&T phone, but it turned out in that part of the state, Verizon had a better signal. So recommended he go over to Jonesboro, switch to a Verizon phone, get a hotspot, put it in his kitchen. Now he has Wi-Fi on his farm and he can download our paper. So that's we're, we've discovered things about how to help people in rural areas really get our paper. And finally, this isn't, this situation isn't, this dynamic, this that's at work here in the American, well, global, I guess. This isn't unique to Little Rock. It's not unique to Arkansas. No, that's right. No, this this is a this problem all over the country where people are, uh, you know, is where they get their news. And we've got to have an informed, you know, public if we're going to have a democracy. And so there's a lot more at stake here than whether we survive or whether newspapers survive or whatever We've got to have good journalism doing fact-based reporting to have uh, the kind of society we've had for over 200 years. And the cha- economic challenges aren't restricted to Arkansas. Every paper from oh, right. That's coast right. to coast, that, under siege, economics. Uh, well, absolutely. You know, in 2006, newspapers, all the newspapers in America, the weeklies, the dailies, the big papers, took in right about $47 billion a year in 2006. Eleven years later, in 2017, that, that uh, $47 billion of ad revenues had dropped to under $12 billion of ad revenues. Newspapers historically got 80% of their revenue from advertising. So when 80% of your revenue base shrinks by more than 75%, you have a huge economic challenge. And uh, what I see today is that a lot of papers uh, don't realize that digital is definitely their future. And they're charging such low prices for digital subscriptions. And they can't be sustainable at the low prices they're charging. A lot of papers are charging 4 or $5 a month for a digital website. And uh, they're going to have to charge more than that if they're going to survive. Walter Hussman, thank you very much for being on the program. Sure. And good luck. Great. Thank you. We'll be right back. 
And we're back with Rob Moritz of the journalism faculty at the University of Central Arkansas and Wesley Brown, editor of the Daily Record. Gents, thanks for coming in. Old saying in our trade, journalism expensive is expensive. Good journalism is very expensive. Yeah, it is. Where are the dollars coming from? We just heard the uh, publisher of the Seoul Statewide Daily. Yeah, you know, that, that number that he threw out, $47 billion, uh, you know, uh, uh, only a decade ago and down to... Twelve billion now. That's that's astounding. Uh, yeah, where do we go from here? Uh, uh, you know, he noted that if this experiment, and I guess that's what it is, doesn't work, then then uh, the possibility is that our state newspaper, who's been around for uh, for more than a hundred years, will uh, will have to morph into something else. And and I think that the impact of that on other local newspapers across the state, and we've already that the local newspapers across the state have already been decimated already been having those cuts so uh i'm 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 a fan i'm hoping that this experiment works and and i hope that uh he also talked about uh, gathering that uh new generation of of, of uh readers the millennials Consumer, and, yeah. and and getting them over to be fans of the of the uh of news newsprint so i think that's the biggest challenge out there well the democrat is that is a every newspaper is a business every broadcast outlet this is is a a profit-making enterprise designed to be has to be so this but there's something else beside subscribe to my paper or i'll shoot this puppy you know there, there's a there's a broader deeper public interest oh that, yeah and i agree and i think a lot across the country people are starting to feel that impact um they're starting to see the uh, impact of of uh, the lack of local news mm-hmm. um People are starting to also see the impact just through government investigations and everything else. The, the the amount of fake news and the amount of of of, of biased news uh, um, and and news that's you know generated by other countries as well in tr- in an effort to sway voters. And I think slowly a lot of uh, people who get their news online are beginning to see that, and they're going to start looking for the local. News that's run by that's written by trained uh, people, journalists. Mm-hmm. One thing I want to say is is that you mentioned it's a business. Um, Mr. Husband has invested almost twelve million dollars in iPads to give to the subscribers who agree to stay on and just uh, get the Sunday delivered, and then uh, they would read the Monday through Saturday on 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 the iPads. He's taken a it's a big investment for him, and so he is really he's wanting to keep. The newsroom strong. They've still got over 100 uh, people here in, in the Little Rock and over 60 in, in Northwest. And um, there aren't many locally owned papers anymore. And those locally owned papers, he's wanting to, to keep it that way because the papers that are owned by the big companies, um, their bottom line is to the, um, the shareholders. Mm-hmm. And when the, the papers don't make money, they start cutting costs, production, they start cutting co- uh, employees in newsrooms. And it really, there are so many papers across the country that were at one time really good news outlets that are just awful now. Yeah, and, and you know, me and Rob both were with Stevens Media, which is no longer around. We, right. we are uh, kind of examples of what have happened. When Nor that, are some of the papers. Yeah, well, that's yeah, true. Exa- exactly. Actually, Stevens Media doesn't exist anymore, and uh, none of those papers, that, most of the papers that we wrote for in the Bureau don't exist anymore because they have been closed as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. so it has not been a good decade or two for that matter. Yeah, yeah and, you, and you mentioned that, that vacuum, uh, and, and Walter kind of talked about it, of, of, 
of, of the newspaper being a watchdog. Uh, I think what Rob said is that, you know, as these as we go through an era where there's not investigative reporting, there's not critical reporting, that vacuum either fake news is going to fill it, conspiracy theories are going to mm-hmm. fill it, mm-hmm. or and then people are going to be, be or Twitter or social media is going to fill it, and then uh, but I think it's going to get to a point where people are going to wonder, well, where are we going to get out of news? Where where can we? And I think hopefully at that point uh, people will come back and say we need. Local newspapers, maybe a, maybe a bit of, be a digital local newspaper. It may not be a, a paper newspaper, but uh, maybe that uh, evolution can can come to that point and could be led by the Democrat Gazette. Mm-hmm. And they need reliable, vetted information is the bottom exactly. line, no matter what the right. delivery mechanism is. Got to move on enough about us. Two U.S. senators, both of them don't care. Uh, we're taping at mid-morning on Friday. The impeachment thing could be ended by sunset or certainly by, <laughs> by midnight. Uh, it looks that nothing has happened in the past week since last we gathered that would appear to shake either of our two U.S. senators away right. from Mr. Trump. Right. We've, right now we've got uh, Senator Collins of Maine and uh, Senator Romney of, of Utah who have said they would vote for uh, witnesses. That would bring the number, assuming that all 47 Democrats vote for witnesses, that would bring the number to 49. Mm-hmm. We've got a couple. Um, uh, Senator Markowski from Alaska has said she's back on the fence, although she said earlier that she was really considering it. And then Senator uh, Alexander from Tennessee now says he thinks T- President Trump did it, but he doesn't think it's he's going to vote for um, witnesses because he's not sure it is an impeachable offense. It's a fluid situation, but fluid molasses is fluid. Yeah, I mean, just, <laughs> yeah you know, if they vote straight party, that means you would have to pick off four Republicans. And and uh, I, I think, it, you know, even before this, that, that was going to be a very hard hurdle to, to reach. Uh, 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 and it doesn't look like it's going to happen. Like, like you said, I think by the time uh, we get to the weekend, we'll know where where this impeachment is going and when we wake up on Monday morning we'll go back to to the the way things were uh, although uh, we don't know how it would impact the presidency. One little interesting uh, tidbit is if uh, Senator Murkowski does vote for witnesses it would have put it 50-50 and then at that point the way I understand it it will be up to Justice Roberts who's been convening over the Senate to either decide he can do nothing and just let it stand 50-50 and it's over, or he can decide, yes, I think witnesses should testify. Well, I guess the bottom line, though, from our standpoint is that uh, Mr. Cotton, Mr. Bozeman, both right. firmly and Mr. Trump. Yeah, are. yeah, I, that, and they've already stated that uh, even before this got to, to, to this, this, this Friday frenzy, uh, that they were firmly against uh, calling witnesses and, and there was nothing... Uh, that was and there was no uh, smoking gun during the, uh, you know, uh, during the, the questioning that came up that that would change their mind. It, it, and I think it would even if there was smoking gun, it still wouldn't have changed their mind. So uh, I think we're back to where we started. We had from the Eighth U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals a decision upholding a lower court here, uh, essence in in, uh, in Arkansas district judge's ruling and uh, campaign finance reform. Advocates uh, are dismayed. Yeah, you uh, know, one of the things, uh, uh, you know, the the whole reform on on campaign finance reform, legislatively and judicially, uh, I think we go 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 back to the the way we were 
uh, the, the, I think the point of the judicial the ruling was that uh, uh, I think Arkansas, not not Arkansas, but uh, the reforms was was that uh, I'm no to, fundraising in the pre, in the previous yeah, in the two yeah, years. Yeah. yeah, no fundraising in the previous two years, and I think that'll have an impact, uh, especially in the legislative and the judicial races. And interestingly enough, the the appellate court decision said that they really they could not. There was no relationship that they could see between that and preventing corruption, so that's why they just let the let it block, held held the block. Yeah, and I think you know we, we're back to you know with the Supreme Court when the Supreme Court made the ruling that uh, uh, you know uh, any amount of money can come into the campaigns that we're we're kind of at this point in campaign financing that it's just going more money, more money, more money, more money, and I don't think that's going to change anytime soon. Well, there could be some changes in the Medicaid program. Trump administration this past couple of days ago said, all right, you know, fine, we're going to try. We're going to let the states attempt a block grant Mm -hmm. approach on the Medicaid expansion program. Mm -hmm. Governor Hutchinson's initial reaction was uh, quite positive Mm -hmm. from elements of the consumer advocate, let's call it that, broad brush, were f- far less enthusiastic about it. Yeah, this, uh, in, in, in the Medicaid debate over any federal dollars, the broad block grant programs generally have a cap on the amount of money, and that's, that's where the issue is. And, and the Republicans, even when Medicaid has been debated uh, with Arkansas Works uh, uh, during the legislative s- session, the debate was that uh, maybe we should block, I think a block grant would be Republicans have always ordered block grants would be now they've got this, but they still i think for 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 it's a win win for Governor Hutchinson he's already got uh, the waivers that he he wanted, but also with this block grant approach he's able to to say to his uh, Republican, hey, we can go in and have more flexibility, but you know I still think there's some more study of this to see how it will impact, like you said, some of the progressives have said that the block grants will mean less money to Medicaid recipients less money to the poor, and, and they believe it will have a, a, a drastic impact on not as much money coming to states like Arkansas, who may not get as much on the block grant program. And would not have to spend as much necessarily from, exactly. from they, uh, state they, resources. Right. Uh, you know, in, in the past, uh, the Medicaid has been, you know, spend as much as you can, as you can or as much as you want. But now with block grant, that, that, that is going to be... A, uh, kind of a budget line item where you say this is how much we can spend. Guys, how much of a does this does this intensify the political battle over Medicaid? But are we likely to see more controversy? Yeah. No, I, I think Arkansas. The- Arkansas was at kind of at the front edge. I think this is kind of an example of the, of the federal government saying, "Oh, look what Arkansas did, and look what some of the other states did." I think Arkansas approach was 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 kind of novel. And I, I think what, what this means is that Arkansas is kind of the leading edge out there. And I don't, I don't think you're going to see many changes in Arkansas. But as Governor Hudson said, it may give Arkansas some flexibility to do some other things that they want to do. According to some, <laughs> according to one point of view, there is an opposite point of view. Yeah, yeah, and I definitely. guess my question is, are we looking for a... a the expand ACA had sort of woven itself into, in Mr. Hutchinson's own words, it was a part of the fabric of the budget. Yeah. In Arkansas for a decade now, almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it could mean it could mean as you you know it could mean cuts. It could mean uh, 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 you know the the impact. I think if there's any impact, it's going to be it could be negative. It could be less less money going to Medicaid recipients, and uh, especially if, if 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 the legislature decides to go in, let's say 
let's take this block grant and see how we can make other changes. So. Yeah. And finally, we got a new trade treaty. The, the uh, It's no longer NAFTA, USMCA now. Uh, that's not a good good acronym. Uh, yeah, well, it doesn't roll off the tongue. No, like no, that. not like NAFTA. Uh, yeah, uh, this disagreement, which has been in the works ever since President Trump came into office, uh, to uh, he, he didn't like NAFTA. He said it gave away uh, too much to Canada and Mexico. And with this trade agreement... Uh, uh, think it to kind of even evens the landscape for the United States. Uh, if in, in, in concern for Arkansas, I think the biggest issue is uh, the agriculture community and the manufacturing community. And uh, from what we're hearing now, the impact people are still trying to figure out how it's going to impact those two uh, communities. But there's been some some movement in terms of step, uh, press statements out there. Manufacturing uh, uh, NAMU, the National Manufacturing Association, and some of the agri advocates have said, uh, we, we're glad that this deal is done, but we're waiting and see to see the impact that's going to have on those industries. But for Arkansas, I think it's going to be positive. Well, we're simply out of time. Guys, thanks to you for coming in. Mm-hmm. As always, we thank you for watching, and we'll see you next week. Support for Arkansas Week provided by the Arkansas Democrat Gazette, the Arkansas Times, and KUAR-FM 89.